Okay, so um, I want to share today with a message entitled, What Are My Priorities? Since it's a new year, let's talk about some priorities, okay? Interesting thing uh, about priorities is this, is do you realize this about the word priorities? When I was studying this message, I was going to put together some things. What, what are God's priorities? What are some things that God has for our lives? What are my priorities? What are his priorities? Those kind of things. You understand this, that when I was looking up, I found this out. I found this quote by a guy named um, Greg McCallan. I'm not sure if he's a believer or not, but he's, he's a, one of these strat- uh, strategist-type people. He works for Apple and Google and all these big companies and organizations, and what he does is help them eliminate their unproductivity by focusing in on what's most important. I did not know this at the time. Sometimes we just, the culture you are in has been somewhat redefined. It's good to go back and read your dictionaries. What do words actually mean? What is the root? What is the prefix? What does is, what is the things mean in our language? So the word priority, he said, is this. And I looked it up. It's very interesting when you, when you read this. Now, in our culture now, this is not so. But just listen to this, this thought. The word priority was singular for 500 years. It means it wasn't married. You know what I'm saying? It was on its own. It was single. Like, no responsibilities, no obligations. You know what I'm talking about? It was there. It was just a single man or woman, whatever. It, priority was on its own. Did its own thing. Nothing else to be responsible for, right? You get it? So what does priorities mean then? He said it means many, many first things. You know, the reason why is because you know the word priority and the word priorities are not the same. When you say, oh, man, we, we sit in our coat, you know, this is what we all talk to each other about. We say, you got to get your priorities in order. Well, which one? Which one's most, how do I do that? There's no wonder we're so jacked up at the first of the year. We make a list of 10 things we're going to fix. Which one's most important? They're all important. Well, then none of them are. What's most important? Prioritize your life. Well, how do I do that? Well, you put the most important thing first. Well, then that's the priority. Nothing else is. You see what I'm saying? Our culture says, get your priorities in order. But if you really define the word priority... It means that is the most important. It exceeds anything else. It's above the others. It stands alone. So when I say to you, hey, if God puts something in your heart, marriage, family, or your finances, then guess what? One of those is more important. You can't prioritize all of them. Well, I'm going to fix my marriage. I'm going to finance. I'm going to fix my kids. Everything's going to be great. You're going to be overwhelmed, and you're going to quit. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. And you're going to call me next month, and I'm going to say, where were you at? Oh, I'm just overwhelmed. Bye. That's what I'm going to say. I love you. Bye. Because you didn't pay attention on Sunday either, did you? Was you there that day? Yeah, I heard you talking about priorities and I tried. You see what I'm saying? Which one's most important? I wouldn't hang up on you, but I might say bye. (laughs) Is it your marriage? Well, yeah, but my finances too. What's most? Which one can you not do without right now? Man, man, my family, my, my kid. Okay, then let's get on that. Number one, a priority means it's above anything else. Everything else takes a back burner, if you will. So, an interesting word about priority, listen to this. The actual uh, way of saying a statement in this, listen, is the fact or the condition of being regarded or treated as more important. Here's a statement. The safety of the country takes priority over any other matter. Do Do you see the example there? What's most important? So Colossians, let's talk about Jesus. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15 says, He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. 
or by him. Listen to how many times the word things is mentioned in this message today in all these verses I'm going to give you, okay? But it says, for him, verse 16, Colossians 1, verse 16, for him, by him, by Jesus, all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible. So whether you believe in demons, angels, or not, he just showed you right there, they are there. You can't see them, but they're there, you know? So he says, all things were created both in heavens and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Now he goes into kicks into something else. He says, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He's also the head of the body of the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. Do you realize that Christ, in the beginning, before ever creation was a thought, he was. In the beginning, that means before it all started, he was there. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they were there. They were present. Do you realize, though, not to be outdone by us, Jesus came to save you, yeah, but to be the firstborn from the dead. He's not going to let some Gentile or a Jew outdo him. He was first in the beginning. He said, I'm going to be the first one raised from the dead. I'm first. And I know you think, well, what about Lazarus? That's different. That, that was a healing. That was a miracle. Jesus was the first recorded salvation, resurrection, you want to call it. He's the firstborn. He's always been first. So when we talk about priorities, where does God fall? Because I don't use the word priorities because it's in our culture. But where does God fall, really, on our priority list? Because technically, there should only be one thing on that priority list, and that would be him. Everything else falls up under him. Because there's a lot of things, if you notice, that he's over. He's above everything. The Bible says he's over everything. Angels, demons, you name it, whatever's going on, political power, government power, cultural power, it doesn't matter. He's over it all. He's not moved by anything. And he knows it. What's worse? He says he's over it. And he tells you he's over it. To affirm it with you, to con- convince you. I don't know. It's just his statement just letting you know that, look, I'm over it. I know I'm over it. Don't sweat it. I'm not sweating it. I know I'm over it. Isn't it funny when you know you're over something, you don't sweat about it, right? You just don't. Like, if you really know you're in charge of your home, you're not worried. People fight too much in marriage about who's, in, who's boss, who's boss. Well, we're a team. We are in control of our home. We lead our home. I love my kids, but they don't lead the home. Let me tell you why. Because they ain't got no money. <laughs> we're not going to go anywhere fast if they're in charge because they got no money. One day they will. They'll pay me back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Praise Jesus. <laughs> but right now, it's all on credit. You know what I'm talking about? Just writing it down. This is reality. We're a team, though. We work together, but we're not sweating a, 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 you know, a coup because, you know why? We know we're in charge. What y'all going to do? You going to take over? I'll give it to you. Here you go. You want it bad enough? Big Daddy, come on. Here. You know, pastors sometimes in churches, they get nervous because people, like, come in, people come around, like, oh, oh, this and that. Here's one thing that our pastor told us one time. He said, listen. You never have to sweat about it. If God puts you in it, nobody can take you out. If you get taken out, God don't want you in it anymore. 
no problem. Makes life a lot easier. My question, though, is this. Are we sure we understand he's really over everything? And when he's first in our lives, everything else works out. You remember the story of Martha and Mary, right? Now, this is a very interesting story to me. It's all about a lady who's cooking up some meal. She's getting ready for a party. She's all excited, a little stressed. Her little type A personality going on, a little driven. You know what I'm talking about? She wound up, man. You know what I'm saying? She's just all worked up. And she's got a sister. It's probably one of these cool people like, what's up? How you doing, Martha? I just came over today. Can I get something from the refrigerator? She's probably just cool, loose. You know what I'm talking She's just like relaxed Mary. That's her. So the scripture says that Jesus was entering a, a, a city, Luke 10, 38, about them. And listen to what he says about things with him. It says how they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary. Who watched this? She's chilling out. She's sitting at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, now this is a very interesting statement when you read this. <clears throat> Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her. Like he didn't get to answer the question. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that? Like she asked a question. Have you noticed that I'm busy doing this? Before he, I almost think like Jesus maybe was about to answer. Well, okay, like he's trying to answer, but she won't let him. Immediately, then tell her to help me. So finally, when she's done, he probably said, are you finished? You know, are you done? So the Lord answered, and he said to her, Martha, Martha. Now, anytime, scholars will tell you, anytime they double up the word, when Jesus said, verily, verily, it meant pay real close attention. Once wasn't enough, yo. I'm giving it to you twice. Martha, girl. Girl, Martha. You are worried and bothered about, watch this, so many things. The ten things you're going to do in your life this year. But watch what Jesus says. Only one thing is necessary. Isn't it true that we've got so many things today that we are so worried about and preoccupied with? Man, I could give you a list. i got three lists going right now. Three of stuff I've got to do. You know what I'm talking about, right? You do too. you got all... I got it on my phone, I got it on my wallet, I got it at the house, I got it on post-it notes. I got so many lists, I forget where, I need a list for my list sometimes. You know what I'm saying? We have so many things to do, but Jesus said, but there's only one thing that's the most important. What is that? Well, it didn't go over well for Martha, because he said, you know, your sister Mary, she came in, got a sandwich while I go, you're all upset about. She came down, got some coke out of the fridge, sat down, popped a tap, she's sitting there just chilling, listening to me teach about the Bible. You got a problem with her? I hate to tell you this. She picked the better thing. Now, it doesn't record this. It's not there. But I bet Martha, do you know what that does to somebody like her? She was probably like, I have been working. You're going to tell me, how is that right? That's just not right. I've done all these different things. She just all worked up, getting a matter, more than a frizzy. It's not fair. It's not right. And the more she's worked up about it, maybe she's missing the most important thing that Jesus said was, the one thing. He didn't, he didn't disregard her party. He didn't say, that's not good what you did. Like, your place settings are beautiful, Martha. The forks are in the right place. You have a beautiful napkin. They match. It's, the salt and pepper are reachable by every guest. I mean, it's, uh, he didn't get on to her about any of that. He just said, this is more important. In other words, this is the priority of life. Not everything else. 
It's interesting how biblical theology teaches this. When you read the Bible, it is evidence. We teach this when we do freedom courses. When you go through freedom, we'll teach the same thing. I tell people this all the time when someone comes into me and talks about a struggle they have in their life. This is what I redirect them with. I say, your issue is not your issue. Your issue is Jesus is not your issue. Bottom line. And see, it's difficult for us, isn't it, though? Because if we say, okay, I'm going to put Christ first, I'll do a Bible study, I'll read, I'll pray, and I'm still struggling with something, particularly when it's a sin. That's hard for us because the guilt, the shame, whatever. How can he accept me over here if I'm doing this? The best thing to do is bring your junk with you into his presence. First of all, it won't go any further than the doorway. When you come into his presence, all that stuff has to stop. Now, when you come out, it might face you again and say, pick me up. And you know what? You may, you may pick it up again. But if you keep coming back in his presence enough, eventually those things will fall away. It's just a biblical, pre- it's a biblical precedence. It's all throughout Scripture. It's over and over and over again. If you focus on Christ, if he's first, everything else works its way out every single time. So listen to it. Let me prove to you from Scripture right here. Matthew 6.25, very familiar verse that's in this, but I'll read the whole context. It says, for this reason I say to you, Matthew 6.25, don't be worried about your life as to what you'll eat, what you'll drink, not for your body is what you're put on. Is life not more than food or the body more than clothing? Verse 26, Jesus throws them off with his theology, right? I bet no other Pharisee has ever said this before in any of their Bible teaching at the synagogue. He says, look at the birds. What? I'm not going to look at the bird. What chapter is that in? That's not in the Torah. That's not in the Jewish writings or the oral traditions. But Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow. They don't reap. They don't gather into barns. And he's particularly talking about a sparrow, which is more than likely the least, I know animal lovers hate these kind of things, but they're the least worthy, if you want to call it that, okay, bird on the planet. They do nothing. They have no value. They don't live very long. I mean, just look at your car. Today is sunny. It, it'll show up today where they're at, right? They, they drop stuff on your car. They drop stuff on your house. They're, and they, they're here today and gone tomorrow. They're not very long. They don't live very long. Jesus said, though, even though they're insignificant, your heavenly Father takes care of them. Are you not more worthy than they? And he said, of those of you who are being worried, can you add a single hour to this life? That's for all the Marthas in the room right there. Take that home today now. Take it home with you. Now, you can be a Martha or Mo, whatever you want to call it, right? Okay, Martha, man or woman, either way right here. That personality is in the room, right? And for all you married people in the room, if you think it's just like, oh, nothing else matters, don't take the wrong idea on that either. If he's first, everything else gets handled, right? See? So he says... <clears throat> And any of you, can you, can you add anything to your life? No, verse 28. And why are you worried about your clothes? <clears throat> Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They don't toil, they don't spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today, gone tomorrow, which is a season, is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. Verse 31, he says, don't worry then, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink or what we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles, he's referring now to people outside of the realm of faith. 
In their culture, they were Jews, so he's saying the Gentiles do this. In our culture, we would say this, look, you're a person of faith. You know where your hope lies. So he's saying don't do this. This is what people without hope do. He says, they all, watch this, seek eagerly all these, said together, things. Keep noticing how many times this word shows up in this message today. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. So he's not just saying it's not important. He knows it's important. He knows, you know, you need clothes. We want you to wear them when you come to church. You need clothes. It's important. You can't go downtown without them. You need some clothes on. He's not disregarding the fact that you need clothes. He's just saying, I understand. But verse 33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then watch this. All these things will be added unto you. He is not saying your things are not important. He's saying, what's the priority of life? It's the Lord. Everything else gets added unto you. When God's not the priority, here's what happens. Things become the priority. And when things are the priority, man, this is what happens. In America, you know what happens. We're going to get this. We're going to do that. We're going to go here. We're going to have this. I'm going to eat this, whatever I want. Things take over. And there's no peace, there's no joy, there's no happiness. And there's a reason why, you know, Israel, when they do the things that the Bible says, the reason for the Sabbath in the Bible teaches this. <clears throat> All the other people around them would look and say, they're crazy. Why do you shut down business for one day? It was a display of God's authority and power and rule and his blessing. That God could bless in six, right, what the world could not attain in seven. It was a testimony of God. When we put God here and all of our things go here, there's no testimony in that. We're just like the world when we have no peace, no joy, no happiness. Why, then, do we not have the joy, the peace, or the happiness? It is possible. I would just submit it to you fully in my belief of this is when things get out of my life and I'm not having joy, peace, or happiness, it's because stuff has gotten here. And I mean stuff meaning anything. Anything in life is over here, and God's more right here. I'm still saved. I'm still a good Christian. I mean, I'm not, you know, going nuts out there. But when he's not first, this stuff right here, you don't have to go nuts. This stuff right here will drive you nuts. You know what I'm talking about? Keeping up with everybody else, right? Trying to add the next social media onto your platform so you can keep up with that too, Right? Oh, let's just answer one more. Let's do all these different things we've got to do. Really, the one thing's most important. And it adds order to everything else, right? Listen to what Proverbs says. Proverbs 3.9. Listen to the, the way order works. Proverbs 3.9 says, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all you produce. Watch this. So that, why? Your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats overflow with new wine. It's a... It is a byproduct of him being first. The honor we give God when it comes to our wealth, our time, our resource, whatever you want to call it, anything we put in that box, they put, he put wealth here, but you put anything there. Honor the Lord with your marriage. And the byproduct is going to be a better home. Right? Do you understand what I'm saying? Honor the Lord with your kids. Byproduct is going to be, hopefully, <laughs> everything goes better, right? Of course, it will. You're going to have challenges just like anybody else. A Christian home is not void of parental challenges. We should just know that. But the key is, God's with you to help you out through it. 
the byproduct is, listen to what he says. Your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats overflow with new wine. Here's what we do when this is out of order. We build what? Bigger barns to get ready for more stuff. We have new vats for the new wine we don't have yet, but we know we're going to get it, so we're getting ready for it. God says, that's not the way I work. When you honor me first, I'll fill your vats. I'll fill your barns with what you need. And you'll have peace. And you'll have more than you need. The reason why God blessed us, you know, this is the key. The reason the Lord has blessed us, do you know why you have what you have? The whole purpose of you having the surplus is after we honor God, after we, we bring the tithe into the Lord into the stores, we, we honor the Lord with our first increase. We, we do this. We bless our families. Do you realize why? Once you have the leftovers, you have the, the extra, is to do fun stuff, to bless people, to help, to be generous. The reason God gave you what he gave you is not to accumulate more. I'm just at this place in my life where I keep finding more stuff. And I go, hey, then I tell me, like, what? Where did we, where did this come from? Like, where did this, did you buy it? I don't remember buying it. Well, somebody must have bought it. The kids didn't buy it. They got no money. So it had to be us. And I thought, wow. I mean, it's just more to take care of. It's just more to deal with, right? It occupies more of your time. And God said, look, man, if you do it my way, you'll have peace, joy, happiness, and you'll have a better use of your time, if you will, as well. So listen, let me give you another verse here. I want you to think about this rich young ruler that's in Luke 18. And I'll wrap up with this last thought. But I want you to think about all the places things have been mentioned today in, in the Scriptures. Luke 18, verse 18 says, <clears throat> A ruler questioned him, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And so Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your mama and your daddy. And he said, watch this guy. Now, you got to be bold to say this to Jesus. This guy was about like Martha, you know what I'm saying? He just like let it out the gate. Didn't even hesitate, right, you know? He said, all these things I have kept since my youth. That man is lying through his teeth. That man is lying through his teeth. I'm going to tell you right now, he's a young teenage boy. He's walking around town. Some girl's walking by like he didn't look at her one time. Right. Right. He must have missed Jesus' message. If you even look at a woman with the wrong idea, you got some lust in your heart. He missed that whole thing. You commit adultery with your own heart. Right. He just must have missed that whole scripture, a whole teaching or whatever. Nonetheless, this man's lying. And what's sad is he doesn't know he's lying. He really thinks he's got his stuff together. And so, he said, I've kept all these from my youth. Verse 22. So when Jesus heard this, he said to him, watch this. One thing you still lack. What is he getting at right here? You got a lot of stuff over here, Jack, but watch this. One thing. Sell all that you got and distribute it to the poor. And you'll have treasure in heaven. And then, watch this. Come follow me. Because all your things is put me right here. And we got to switch the order around. 
Now, if he comes and follows Jesus, Jesus will give him everything back. It's not about taking. It's about giving. But he can't, this guy can't manage both. You know what I'm saying? And there's a lot of us in the room, really, we can't manage both. Like, stuff has us. And this is not about net worth. You can have this much behind your name or a whole bunch of commas behind your name. It doesn't matter. It's all about, does the things have you more than Jesus does? And there's indicators that would tell you how you know that. The interesting thing about the Lord here is what he told him. He said, when you, when you give everything away here, go give it to the poor. In other words, he was telling him to go give alms. Now, there's a difference in alms and other kinds of gifts, but alms, when you give to the poor, is supposed to be done privately. Jesus said, when you give your alms, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Secretly, so that what? Listen to this. So that my Father in heaven would bless you what? Publicly. See, this guy, he missed all these sermons, all these messages. He could not reconcile what Jesus was saying to him. And the Bible goes on to declare that the guy left away sad because he couldn't understand. He couldn't do both. So Jesus was saying, basically, you're not going to get a tax write-off for this. No brick in the wall? Nothing. Nothing. This guy couldn't handle it because he is a big shot in town. He knows. He's like, man, I've been doing this. I've been here at this church a long time. I do this. I do this. And I, all this stuff I've been doing since my youth. Everybody knows I'm the man. You're telling me to give it all away and come follow you? I mean, I see the disciples with you. Some guys are fishermen. I mean, cutting bait. I mean, dude over there looking rough. I mean, he got, what's wrong with him? Man? He's got this crazy look in his eye. That was Peter, by the way. That meant him going through all the town everywhere he went. This guy who had all the stuff he thought was in his life right. He's going to be giving out 20s to every person that he came across. Nobody else looking. Here you go. Enjoy that. I'm going to go follow him. I get rid of all this. He's giving it all away. Why did Jesus say that? Is it to take from? It has nothing to take from you. He knows what will bless you and I is to give back. But for this guy, it was his stuff, if you will, that kept him from following Jesus. He was attached to more things in his life than he can actually manage. It is possible today that you're here, and maybe you've already made a top ten list of what you're going to do this new year. Is it possible that in all your resolutions, is it possible that he's not even on the list? This hit me when I was studying for this message. I was just, I had some things I wanted to do, some things I had thought about, some things I wanted to fix in my life. And it was a big deal to me. It was very important to me. And it hit me as I was thinking through these things. Hey, when I've been talking, she's like, what do you think? And I was trying to get through my thoughts. I wanted to put it on paper. You know, I was trying to get some stuff down. And what I really, what was the, and I realized, when I read this, what is the most important things, if I was going to prioritize my life, and I found this definition, I thought, Oh, my goodness. You cannot prioritize your life. You just can't. You can set goals for your life to attain. But if you're really going to prioritize life, there's only one priority, and that's him. And then all these other things, they begin to work out. If I don't have him first, I'll never have the time to get everything else done. I'm too busy. Then he's probably not first enough. 
right? I got too much going on. I got too many finances. I got too many marriages. I got too many marriages. All this stuff's going on. That he's probably not first. Because based on what I read, when he's first, all these other things just kind of fit into place. And I think because I found this to be true in my life, the more I put him first, the more I realize that's not important. I don't really want to do that anymore. That takes too much time. Yeah, in this season of my life, I'll do that later. It, it releases you from the bondage of being, if you will, things being the master and we being the servant to the things. Because whether we like this or not, they, Jesus calls us sons and daughters, or God calls us sons and daughters, really. <clears throat> He's our father. But the reality is, built within you is a servant's heart. And whatever is first, I hate to tell you this, we will serve it. If it's money, it'll be money. If it's the business of your job, it's going to be your job. If it's, I can't get this figured out because I got to get my, it's going to be that. You know, if it's, it's going to be, if it's whatever you name it, we're going to serve that which is first. So that's why he says, make God first. Because we serve him, everything else falls into place. So this morning, I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads just for a moment. Lord, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for what you give us in your word, that you are first.